Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto, Badlands, baby. <laughs> Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Hello everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, October 11, 2017 and normally and typically I am joined by my co-host Stan Friedman. Unfortunately, Stan is not with us today as he is with many, many other franchise professionals at Franchise Update Leadership and Development Conference in the great city of Buckhead, uh, Georgia. I look forward to Stan returning with us next week uh, so that we can discuss some about the, uh, the inner workings of this year's conference and some of the revelations that may come out of it. So I want to thank uh, last week's guest, uh, Sam Ballas, the uh, CEO at East Coast Wings and Grill, in a show that we aptly titled EBITDA, the most powerful acronym in franchising. And if you've yet to listen to that episode, uh, please make sure to do so because uh, it is just chock full of information, especially you emerging brands out there. Make sure you really heed Sam's advice. Uh, great stuff. Some things uh, going on in the franchise world. I want to mention, of course, the Leadership and Development Conference. Um, look forward to uh, Stan letting us know what uh, some new things that uh, came about in that conference. Next week, also, we have an Emerging uh, Franchise Org Conference through the IFA, which takes place November 6th through 8th in Phoenix. It's designed for franchisors looking to take their brands to the next level and also um, you can um, get up to 600 or get 600 CFE credits. Uh, October 17th, uh, next Tuesday, look for the um, uh, IFA uh, Wednesday-wise webinar, Developing an Effective Diversity Strategy. Um, I know Stan is going to be very much uh, interested in that, as well as some particular point in the news today. Uh, Pyology got an investment from an MBA star and, of course, uh, that's uh, Kevin Durant of the Golden State Warriors who invested in this uh, pizza brand. And, of course, Stan being very much involved in the Professional Athletes Franchise Initiative. I look forward to some of his input next week. Well, today um, we've got a, a very special guest uh, who's five hours away from me time zone-wise, and today's uh, conversation is going to be an opportunity to spread aloha. And there's a quote by Eddie Flores, the founder and CEO of L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. And he said, we're working for franchisees, and so we make sure to take good care of them. And I really think that just epitomizes the culture at this great, iconic brand. So today's guest is Brian Andaya, the chief operating officer at L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. Brian, welcome to Franchise Today. How are you doing, everybody, today? And well, my pleasure to um, be a guest on the show here with Paul. Um, aloha, as we would say here in the 50th state. Yeah, aloha for sure. 
and uh, and it's great having you in, and, and, and super we're super honored that you're here today, considering it's uh, uh, 6 a.m. In, in Hawaii right now. So uh, we really do appreciate you being with us today. And for full transparency, uh, I always like to let our listening audience know um, if we're working, if we're talking with uh, one of our clients, and of course, um, L&L Hawaiian Barbecue is a client of Franchise Foundry and one that I am very, very proud uh, to be working with uh, such a great, iconic brand with such a storied uh, past. Uh, it's really exciting. So, Brian, th- the first thing I'd like to do is is talk about you, the individual. Uh, take us back as, as far as you want. But, you know, like we say on the show, nobody really wakes up one day at the age of, of 10 or 12 or even 20 or 25 and say, you know what, I really want to get involved in franchising. So tell us a little bit about your journey and and how you wound up where you are today. Yeah, sure, Paul. I mean, um, you're definitely right. I didn't wake up and just say, hey, I'm going to do franchising. It's uh, actually a term that, um, you know, came about late in my, rather late in my uh, career. Um, I am um, the son of, or only child of an immigrant family. And so, you know, growing up, times were really tough. And um, basically, the direction I was steered was being a professional, being a professional, getting an education, um, and getting a good job, and, you know, um, making better for yourself. And that's uh, what I did, or what I tried to do. I became an attorney. I ended up practicing law for, oh, about um, five or six years. But I was really, really fortunate, you know, Paul, to meet uh, different people in my career who kind of helped me along the way. Um, so one of the people that I that I met first year practicing law was um, the founder of LNL, Eddie Flores, or co-founder of LNL, Eddie Flores, and I basically did a case for him. He had um, an issue, a labor law issue, which I specialized in. I handled that matter, and it was uh, one of those things. You know, I was, a, uh, I was like a first-year associate at a law firm, and I basically told, you know, the founder of L&L, said, hey, you're, you're wrong. You're doing this completely wrong, and if we go to court, we will likely lose, so I think you should settle. And, of course, you know, that's something that's really hard to swallow for most. I mean, L&L was... That was the boom stage of l and um, They were on the cusp of coming to the mainland. They were very successful already here in Hawaii. They had developed already a reputation. I mean, even you know, as in, even I was a fan, a fan of their chicken katsu, uh, breaded uh, chicken plate. And um, it was a tough thing for him to swallow. But in the end, he took the advice and um, that developed the trust and, um, you know, practiced for another five or six years um, at the firm, doing a lot of LNL's legal work, uh, although not exclusively. And, you know, one day, um, Eddie Flores, the CEO, asked me, hey, do you want to be my COO and help me run the company? 
I'm like, what's a what's a coup? What's a COO? What does that do? I have no idea <laughs> uh, what that is. I mean, um, I'm really happy, content actually with my law practice. I'm fairly successful at it. I you know enjoy it. Um, I'm not sure about this uh, about this. Um, but long to, long story short, um, you know, basically, um, what franchising uh, represents is that, you know. As a professional, as a legal professional, um, your worth, your value is measured in terms of time. Uh, to the tenths of the hour is the way we used to bill. And there's only so much time in the day. And you can work like a dog, but again, there's only so much time in the day. So um, the capacity for earning, the capacity to build wealth is limited. Whereas with franchising, you can have an infinite number of, of people that you work with, and all of them are helping you and helping themselves, you know, make, make a living, establish a fortune, um, and there's no limit, almost no limit as to how much you can, you can sell or your value. Your value is determined by the customers, and there could be Millions of them, if you're successful, and um, that's basically a long story short. You know, in terms of how I got uh, to franchising, and it's been an incredible ride. It's uh, taken me to places I'd never thought I'd um, go to, especially in sale. You know, when when people say um, sales, or we should say development, um, you know, they don't teach you that stuff in, in law school. It's, um, you know, so it's, but it's, it's been incredible. It's, uh, I've learned a lot, um, but probably the most gratifying uh, aspect of my position is the relationships I've made with our people. And, you know, people ask me what, what business we're in. You know, some people say, you know, oh yeah, we're in the franchising business. Oh, we're in the food business. Oh, we're in, um, you know, the restaurant business. Well, I think we're in the people business, and um, like I said, the most gratifying thing is is the people, the our franchisees out there, hardworking, um, you know, building the brand, spreading the aloha, spreading the culture of the islands. Um, so yeah, it's it's been quite incredible. Yeah, it has, and you've been a. Uh, I know in the short time we've been working together, you've been a great student of franchising, and I think. Uh, um, will be quite successful for many years to come as long as you continue to uh, to um, have that type of, of, of mindset about people and, and certainly about learning all you can. So I'd like to talk some about, um, you know, the brand itself and how it started. And uh, I know that you know, back in, in 1976 that uh, Mr. Flores bought a, a small building that formerly housed a retail outlet for L&L Dairy, uh, in Honolulu, he kept the L and L part of the name, and remodeled the building as a small walk-up restaurant, uh, actually for his mother to operate. And of course, that was the uh, the first location of what was then known as L and L drive-in chain that specialized in the uh, plate lunch. So, explain to uh, our audience uh, the what is basically the core of L and L Hawaiian Barbecue. Um, and its uh, other brands. 
uh, about the plate lunch and um, and and the culture behind it and and what it means. Yeah, sure, Paul. And I have to say that um, that history, that brief history of how Eleanor got started, um, that you just gave, is just spot on. I'm not sure. I don't know that we've talked about it in that detail previously, but that's spot on. Um, our our founder. Um, bought the restaurant for his mother. His mother um, is from Hong Kong. He's an immigrant as well. Um, and uh, you, you know, bought the restaurant for his mother to basically give her a job uh, because um, she, you know, she liked running uh, restaurants. That's what she did, what she wanted to do. And it just be, kind of became an overnight success. And one thing led to another. Next thing you know, um, they started franchising, but going back to the concept of, you know, L and L and what it's about and what what we serve, it basically boils down to what's traditionally coined here in the islands as the plate lunch. Um, it's quite a misnomer because it's definitely not only for lunch, and it's not always in a plate. A lot of times, it's in a it's a, in a lunch box or um, a bento container so it's not always on an actual plate but it's a term that's uh, become had become popular here in Hawaii because of all of the different ethnic groups that comprise the population of the islands uh, most of them from Asia but you also have um, you know you had the uh, it, it's basically a melting pot of you know missionaries from New England um, the Portuguese uh, from Portugal who uh, were recruited here to be plantation um, lunas or bosses. And then you had different waves of immigrants from Asia that were um, recruited to work on the sugar plantations and pineapple fields uh, in the island, uh, starting out with China and then Japan and then um, the Philippines and then Korea, and then Micronesia. And all of that blended with the local, the native Hawaiian population here, which has its origin, and they have their origins in Polynesia. So really it's a melting pot of um, all of these, you know, people from around the world. And what they did when they worked at the plantation and pineapple fields was that they shared food amongst each other. They said, hey, try some of this try some of that. Oh, that looks interesting. What is that? And um, therein, after many, many decades, uh, evolved this island cuisine. Um, and the term that was coined was plate lunch. And so it, the plate lunch is basically two, you know, um, some starch, uh, most usually uh, white rice, but um, more recently, you start to have, seeing things like uh, brown rice and quinoa um, and then some sort of uh, salad um, for the hearty uh, people in the fields. They um, supplement their starch offering, rice, for example, with macaroni salad. And um, if you've never had macaroni salad, it's... It's kind of like potato salad made with macaroni. Um, some people mix, you know, that salad, but that's that's been kind of a unique item, I think, for 
um, the plate lunch and for L&L. And then, of course, you got your protein. A lot of the protein um, is Asian-based, so you have a lot of um, soy sauce marinades, um, a lot of Asian flavors, but you also got some Polynesian flavors that we have, uh, very similar to the pulled pork from the mainland. Um, and, you know, I mean, there there you have it. It's it's basically L&L yeah. on a plate and served with aloha. Yep, yep, absolutely. And uh, the plate lunch, I mean, obviously can include uh, all kinds of protein, fish, shrimp, chicken, pork, beef. Um, and some of the things I read was that, you know, these lunch wagons and small cafes uh, basically had been popping up for years in Hawaii uh, to cater to those hardworking blue-collar workers across the islands. Uh, and, of course, the, the combination of calories and protein and starch was to give them enough energy to last throughout the day uh, working outside uh, underneath the, uh, the hot tropical sun. Um, and, of course, the, the, the growth of the brand, you know, took us through uh, Hawaii, where you had many, many locations, and it wasn't until the late 90s that uh, L&L decided to, uh, to branch out to the mainland. And, and an interesting story that I had read about it was that um, Eddie had noticed that a former employee was doing fairly well selling Hawaiian-style plate lunches in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, um, and, and even though it was not in an ideal location. And so once he understood that uh, it was a possibility to sell those Hawaiian-style plate lunches in California, um, the rest, as they say, is history, as he opened up the first L&L location on the mainland just a few months later uh, in October. But I want to back up a second while the brand was still growing in Hawaii, because unlike a lot of brands that offer the franchise opportunity out to the general public, uh, Eddie was actually rewarding um, exceptional employees with the opportunity to own their own business. And I imagine some of that, you know, just kind of resonates with the culture of the brand. Uh, explain a little bit about, you know, Eddie's philosophy behind, you know, taking care of of, of his employees for exceptional work. Yeah, you know, so um, part of our culture here at uh, L&L, uh, is that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you already know a little bit about the background of our state, and it has a lot of um, plantation um, roots. Um, I think that at some point people wanted um, to do bigger and better and wanted to own their own business, and that's kind of a natural progression, I think, for for many people. So here at l and um, a lot of our franchisees today are former employees. Um, they start out as um, cooks or cashiers. Um, they work really hard, um, and they see the potential. They see the potential of, hey, and I'm making all this food, and I'm seeing people just keep coming in, keep coming in, and we're doing a good business. You know, and so rather than, you know, keep them, so to speak, in their place and say, okay, yeah, you're going to, uh, we'll throw you a bone or so, we'll give you a raise, 
um, here. We'll give you a bonus there. Um, a lot of times um, we'll offer them the opportunity. Hey, have you ever thought of running your own business, having your own place like this uh, somewhere? And um, it kind of gets them thinking. And, um, you know, they, they see the opportunity and they say, yeah, well, teach me how to, how to do it. I know how to cook or, hey, I'm good with people in the front. I know a lot of the customers. Teach me the rest of the business. And what that does um, is that it, it offers that opportunity. And for the existing operator of that location, um, what it does is it frees them up because as an owner-operator, um, eventually you don't want to be stuck uh, behind uh, in, in the hot kitchen all the time. And so when you have someone reliable, you, 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 there's a number of things you can do. You can offer them um, some ownership, some, um, some partnership shares, um, or you can partner with them for a second, third, fourth, fifth location. Um, and again, it's all about the people. Um, without, without the franchisees, without the people in the restaurants, um, there is no franchise. Um, those people have to carry on um, the system, implement the system in a different uh, location under different circumstances, all while preserving the integrity of um, the plate lunch and the Aloha Spirit. Yeah, and what what I found really unique, unlike um, a typical franchise organization that that grows through a a local area and goes across the United States, um, it seemed that uh, Eddie and again for transparency, I, I've never had a chance to meet Eddie, and I and I look forward to doing so in the in the future, because he has. Um, uh, from what I've read and what I've heard from you, Brian, is just an, an unbelievable entrepreneurial spirit. But you know, a great a great vision because as he um, decided to you know look at California uh, as the first expansion behind the mainland, and since Californians had different expectations on the type of foods that he usually served at an eating establishment that are called drive-ins because at that point it was L&L Hawaiian drive-ins. Californians thought about drive-ins as like Bob's Big Boy or or something like that. So um, he decided and and made a very uh, key decision, I think, in actually changing the name of the L&L locations on the mainland to L&L Hawaiian Barbecue to strengthen the chain's association to Hawaiian cuisine and actually in changing it stayed back to the core of the business. I think that was actually a, uh, a brilliant move uh, without losing, you know, brand identity. And of course, uh, as we've had conversations now, as the brand is looking to expand east of the Rocky mountains, um, there's a, a additional confusion with barbecue and I know there's the, uh, the, the rollout now of L&L Hawaiian Grill. So it's that type of entrepreneurial vision uh, that I think is, is behind the core of the brand. But I think it also goes a step further. I mean, with, with solid unit economics and very decisive uh, decision-making, I know there's been some parts of the country where 
um, it just doesn't resonate. And the brand was quick to, uh, you know, pull out of those markets uh, in order to, uh, you know, to make sure that the, the brand uh, integrity remained and, and looked at the uh, other parts of the country um, where the brand can flourish. From a consumer standpoint, tell us a little bit about, now we're talking about the mainland, we're talking about any town, you know, USA. I know there are successful locations now in Clarksville and, and Franklin, Tennessee. What is the consumer, what can, can, can the consumer expect when they walk into an L&L Hawaiian location restaurant? Well, um, for the consumer, um, when they see if, they're, if they've been to Hawaii um, at any time at all or have any connections to um, Hawaii, um, so, for example, um, military servicemen or service people um, who have been through the bases here, they'll know instantly. Um, they know, they'll know L&L. Um, we've got 60 locations throughout the, state, throughout the state, just in the state of Hawaii here. So we've got really good market penetration here at home. And so they'll know exactly what a plate lunch is and, you know, you know what L&L stands for. Um, for the rest of the people, which is really the most amazing, is amazing to me when I walk into someplace like Franklin, Tennessee, and um, go there and, and see people who have no connection to Hawaii, maybe never been to Hawaii, maybe they just... Um, their only exposure to Hawaii is Hawaii Five O or Magnum PI, <laughs> and they're there, um, you know, to experience what um, Asian, what, what what Hawaiian food is all about. Now, this is where it gets tricky. Uh, in Cal, in places like California, Nevada, uh, Washington State, you know, the, throughout the West Coast, where uh, residents there often frequently vacation to Hawaii or have uh, people that they know from Hawaii. If there's a large Hawaii, um, you know, former Hawaii expats living in a particular area, um, they'll, they'll know what L&L is. They'll know what Hawaiian food is, uh, what a plate lunch is. Uh, it gets a little bit more tricky as you move further east. Um, and that's where I think, um, you know, uh, we were very quick to adjust. Um, we were quick to adjust when we first came to the mainland, um, leveraging um, Hawaii and Hawaiian uh, as a as a brand because it is a brand. It stands for a lot of great things. Um, we we're quick to leverage that, um, and then now as we move further east, uh, we will continue to leverage the Hawaiian um, brand um, and continue to use L&L. But now, I, think, I don't think there's need at this point to have a further descriptor, whether it be barbecue, grill. Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, it's time. I think the market is right um, where Asian food, um, you know, is becoming a lot more popular, a lot more mainstream, um, a lot more relatable. So... Um, what you'll probably see is you'll see the uh, descriptor um, barbecue being dropped, um, slowly dropped and phased out as we move forward. There, it is a misnomer. Um, you know, there is really no such thing as um, Hawaiian barbecue. Um, it's um, basically mm-hmm. 
the closest thing would be Asian barbecue, Korean barbecue. That would probably be the closest sure. thing to 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 barbecue. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, it's all about you know our culture um, here at LNL. Very quick to pivot. Uh, we can respond to different um, uh, market situations. Um, you know, and when you talk about pulling out of a market, you know, it's one of those, you know, you, you go into a market, you, you do a test. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't, it doesn't work, and you, you reassess. Sometimes you're, for example, you don't have the right demographic. Or sometimes you might be before your time. For example, when we tried to open in East Lansing, Michigan, uh, back in um, the late 90s, I think at that time, and I know because I went to college um, several years before that, um, you know, I think the concept of white rice and Asian food and sushi, that was still pretty pretty foreign to a lot of uh, people who haven't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, travels. Um, today, it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest <laughs> thing, and you, even like the even like newer Hawaiian concepts like poke, which is raw fish. I mean, there was a time when people would be, you know, people from any town USA would be. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about yeah, poke. definitely. I'm not sure be. about Hawaiian food. Yeah. So I think the market has evolved, and um, you know I, I think we're we we we're we're on the cusp to again reassess, readjust. I mean, um, we're doing very well. Um, our, our units, um, you know, for the most part, are um, doing very very well. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the consumer what the consumer can can expect. They go in, they're greeted by um, this uh, laid back island. Uh, kind of vibe. Um, if they've been to Hawaii before, it'll transport them back to that experience. Um, if they've never been to Hawaii before, they'll see they'll see the iconic <laughs> Diamond Head and Aloha Tower, and um, you know, we try to train. Kind of a kind of a great um, kind of a great escape for certain. Uh, for certain, I've had the pleasure of, of being at several of the locations and. Uh, Really enjoyed the food and the experience. And Brian, we're going to go to a mid-show break. Uh, but before we do, I'd like to tell our audience, um, kind of as a, a segue into the next section that we're going to talk about, which of course is the franchise uh, itself. Uh, but L and L Hawaiian's success has earned the company many awards and continued rankings in various local and national magazines. Um, actually, it was named one of the 50 regional powerhouse chains by Nation's Restaurant News. Uh, it was also ranked uh, number 314 out of America's top 400 restaurant chains by Restaurant and Institutions Magazine. Uh, additionally, Restaurant Business Magazine ranked it number 15 of its top 50 growth chains in the nation. And Entrepreneur Magazine has ranked the parent company L&L franchise at number 165 out of the top 500. And then, of course, that was over uh, some some uh, different years. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Paul Segreto, and I'm talking today with Brian and Daya, Chief Operating Officer of the iconic brand L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. 
Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Com. And Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track access and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Brian, let's shift gears a little bit, as I said, uh, into the, uh, the franchise space. And, of course, the, uh, the brand uh, came onto the mainland in the late 90s, and there's been a great wave of franchise growth from Southern California all the way up into Alaska. Tell us a little bit uh, about the franchisees uh, in that part of the country, because uh, as you and I have discussed previously, it's not the typical you know, franchise candidate that gets into um, a, a franchise opportunity and specifically a food service opportunity where they're looking at, you know, developing three to five or 10 units. What does the franchisee makeup look like on the West coast? Uh, here on the West coast, Paul, um, many of them are, um, you know, they got one, two, um, units, maybe three units sometimes, um, but they're primarily owner operators, um, and, um, you know, they, they do very well. Um, and I, I suppose I can talk about this, um, because it is in our, um, uh, FDD. Um, but for example, we've got about 20% of, um, our units are over the 1 million market sales a year. And, um, so as a, even if you have a single unit, uh, if you have one of those units, I mean, you're, you're doing very well. Uh, for yourself and sure, um, like I said, a lot of these um, franchisees, they're a lot of them have immigrant backgrounds. They have they've got immigrant backgrounds. For the so for them, 
that's the most that they've ever made in their entire life. And, um, you know, they work hard and they end up, what ends up happening a lot of times is they send their kids to the best schools. Um, their kids become professionals just like me. And, you know, of course the restaurant, um, is not um, the place, is, is not the most glamorous place. Um, so um, that's kind of the, the story there on the West Coast. Um, certainly, I think um, we are ripe. Um, all the different lessons that we've learned to go more to a multi-unit kind of operation. And again, um, it's all about the people at that point. Now, um, at some point, uh, Eddie took on a, um, a, a business partner that's been instrumental in, in actually, um, you know, putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak, uh, and has actually developed units in the Bay Area and, and up into Seattle, uh, which I think is a testament to the brand itself. Anytime the owners, you know, put their own money into operating units, um, that just, you know, kind of just reinforces the, um, the brand itself. And as the brand, you know, continues to grow, um, I know that there are, you know, obviously greater plans and, and also uh, ways to become, you know, more mainstream um, with other franchise opportunities because you, you're starting to get into a, a more competitive space. So for this future wave of franchisees that, that we refer to as, uh, at this point as East of the Rockies, what does a day in the life of, of a franchisee look, you know, look like? And what can they expect from, you know, the corporate office in the way of, uh, of support? Oh, yes, uh, Paul. So first and foremost, um, you know, we support our franchisees, and treat them as, as, you know, as business partners, you know, 110%. I mean, whatever um, they need, whatever we can do to make them successful um, are, is our number one priority, our singular focus. Um, because we know how important that relationship is and that if they're successful, we're successful and we're all uh, successful. So actually, um, Johnson Cam, who you referred to earlier, uh, as uh, Eddie's uh, business partner, um, was actually came on very, very early. So Mr. Cam is a, uh, an operations guy. Um, he is um, the, the guy, the mastermind behind um, L&L's actual operations, including a lot of the recipes and um, the oper operational procedures in um, creating the food that we serve. Um, so Eddie, actually Eddie um, bowed out of the business for a little while while Johnson um, Cam perfected those uh, recipes and, and those operations. Um, but you, you're you definitely right. Um, Johnson um, did eventually um, open a lot in the Bay Area, uh, opened um, many stores in, in Washington. I think between his he and his children, um, and maybe some extended family, uh, they have about 30 stores just among uh, that that family, 30, maybe 40 stores in, in that family. Um, and so day in the life of a franchisee 
uh, east of the Rockies who we are hoping to have, um, you know, a multi, more of a multi-unit um, kind of a, a approach to things, I think, goes back down to the people. Uh, so if you're a multi-unit franchisee, I can imagine that your your day probably would start off by looking at the operational um, performance uh, from the previous day or the previous week or um, some at some point um, have a periodic review of of the operational metrics uh, and analysis uh, of that um, and then communicating with the leadership of each of those units or those areas where the franchisee um, has the rights uh, to L&L. Um, and they would then, you know, keep in close contact, um, you know, monitor all, you know, all the aspects of the operations from um, employment, uh, employment, employment retention, recruitment, um, of course, sales, um, cost of goods sold, you know, um, everything like that. Um, and of course, when when there's time, or actually, you know, they should be carving out time, uh, looking at future opportunities. Um, what, where's the next location? What what locations um, uh, indicate that you know more locations are are feasible in a certain area? I mean, uh, things like that. Um, but really, the best franchisees are the ones, and even the multi-unit ones. And we have. Um, we actually have several multi-unit uh, franchisees. The very best ones make it a point to get into the stores. Um, and again, it's all about the people. And this time, it's of course talking to the franchisees and their and their team and their um, you know their managers and their staff. But now talking to the customers, the end users, the our bosses, the ultimate bosses uh, of of all of us. Say, hey, how's it going? Sure. Sure. And the best, yeah, the, the best ones are the ones that will develop relationship with, with their customers. They'll know them by name. Hey, Harry, how you mm-hmm. doing today? Hey, I I think it's your <laughs> birthday, right? Hey, have, have one on me. I mean, you've got a customer forever, and we have um, sure. You know, I'm very proud to say we have many franchisees, both single unit and multi unit, um, that are that are like that. Sure, and 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 I know the uh, the culture shines through just in what I've seen at several locations. Uh, that's different than a, uh, a a typical you know QSR type of uh, of restaurant. And I know over the years uh, there have been some challenges uh, in the supply chain because you have a lot of specialized product. But I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, as the brand continues to grow throughout the United States and getting into, you know, key hubs, um, those challenges are, are becoming fewer and, and far between. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the franchisee training experience. I mean, you know, obviously beyond the, uh, the luster of, of flying out to, the, uh, uh, to Hawaii and, and visiting your headquarters, it's really roll up your sleeves and, and really get to understand the back end uh, of the operation, uh, as brief as you can, give us a little bit of insight into what they actually do with the uh, with the chefs and uh, uh, in that back of the house type of training. 
Yeah, so our um, training focuses on making sure that you as a franchisee uh, can can survive and that you have the knowledge and the skills um, to survive and to prosper in any environment. So for a lot of you, and you hit it, you hit the nail on the head, we have a lot of specialized products, um, especially um, being um, with the food being, you know, primarily from Hawaii. Um, we It's not a lot of products that are specialized, but um, there are a few products. Um, and, again, it's, it's that thing of evolution. Um, you know, 20 years ago, you'd be hard-pressed to find a broadline um, distributor that carries, um, you know, the right type of soy sauce. Now these broadline distributors carry four, five, six different type of brands, and, and, and one of them is which is the one that we use. Um, but the training focuses really on ensuring that the operator is equipped and has the actual experience uh, to run a location because you never want to leave an operator without uh, the knowledge and say, hey, my head cook just quit on me. Uh, what am I going to do? You know, um, we want them to be able to um, manage, you know, different challenges if, if it comes to those kinds of challenges. But it's a lot of definitely roll up your sleeves, um, get down and dirty, um, be part of the crew, um, and really, again, it's, again, it goes back to the people, um, the leaders that um, are able to, from time to time to roll up their sleeves and, you know, uh, develop that camaraderie in the crew to go back there and, and help out, even if it's just for a few minutes, um, goes a long way. So, yeah, a lot of our training, yeah. not solely, of course, there's, there's a lot of different aspects sure. to our training, but a lot of it is um, focused uh in the back of the house, which is uh, really where, um, where, where it happens. That's where your product is made. That's where, the, that's where the money is made. Sure. So or you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's no way this this brand could grow the way it is without having, you know, leadership uh, with that roll up your sleeves type of of mentality, um, and of course. Uh, I'm, I'm talking, you know, Eddie Flores, the founder and CEO of Illinois Hawaiian, uh, who I just read has been named the Career Achievement Honoree for Pacific Business News 2017 Business Leadership Hawaii Awards. Uh, great quote in here. said, despite the challenging nature of the restaurant industry in Hawaii, LNL's 60 Hawaii locations have all survived, certainly a testament to uh, Flores, um, you know, stewardship. I mean, just a, a, a phenomenal, you know, track record, um, you know, bar none. But also, you know, um, Mr. Flores really gives a lot back to his community. And, again, I, I think that's just testament to his, you know, commitment to uh, people. And uh, I had read that he had – uh, let's see here if I just want to make sure I get this right. He had made several donations uh, to the, uh, the local university, uh, continues to, uh, to contribute uh, to the, um, 
you know, Hawaii economy. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, working for that type of individuals and, um, and what, you know, what is it like to work with somebody like that that has basically uh, a 360-degree view of, of everything around them? You know, Paul, in, in, in one short word, uh, I would say it's, it's inspirational. Um, he provides inspiration uh, for me, and as, as long as I've known him, as long as I've uh, worked at um, l and um, now a shareholder at l and um, continues to inspire, um, to reach uh, new heights, uh, to look at, to look around the corner, to be able to think in transformational terms. Um, and I think that's probably the greatest gift that um, he's given to me or that anyone's given to me in terms of, um, you know, being successful and, and having a fulfilling uh, career. It's not just about, for us, at LNL, it's not just about the bottom line. It's not just about, you know, return on investment and, you know, making, trying to squeeze it, the different pennies out of um, pro- different profit centers. It's it's not about that. For us, it's it's more than that. It's taking a really broad view of. It starts again with our uh, franchisees, making sure that they're successful. Um, and sometimes being successful doesn't only mean being financially successful or being successful in business, but sometimes being successful also means you know having that fulfillment, having them having the franchisees, you know, feel appreciated and feel that they're part of something bigger, not just, um, okay, they're they're generating profit for themselves. Yeah, sure. And they're generating profit for us. Um, it's not just that. It's about being part of the mission, being part of what we're about. Um, and aloha is a very um, deep and, and complex term, um, but... Basically, what it means is breath of life and and having our franchisees and, and, and part of the training, again, that, that happens here in Hawaii is really getting um, the trainees, the franchisees, to experience and to learn about that sense of aloha, that, you know, caring for, um, you know, your, your customers, caring for your staff. I mean, genuinely caring for your customers and your staff and the community in which you operate. And I think if you go back to that uh, type of philosophy, I think you can never go wrong because it'll reflect. It'll reflect in your people, and your people people will work, and uh, the product that they produce will be a great reflection, um, which will then resonate uh, with the customer, uh, who will then um, be loyal. Um, customers. So I, I think you know working yeah, for certain, for Eddie, I think that's that's what I've what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and certainly um, with his generosity with recent in, in um, uh, donations of a million and five hundred thousand um, dollars into the um, University of Hawaii system uh, is testament to uh, you know giving back. And some interesting things that um, I read about um, Eddie, which I, I want to bring up today because, you know, the American dream is bigger and larger than ever with more and more uh, immigrants 
coming into the uh, into the United States, looking for ways to uh, you know better themselves, provide for their family, and and of course um, uh, to ultimately leave a, a legacy. Uh, in an article that I had read in Hawaii Business, um, it, 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 the question asked of Eddie was, what's the recipe for success? And I found this really interesting because uh, Eddie had said uh, he doesn't know what his customer demographics are, and his research involves scouting a location uh, more than actually reading an analytical report. He said, laughingly, I just jumped into the restaurant business. I didn't know how to do it. I just did it, and now I think I'm an expert. Uh, he says he took risks experimenting with new items such as ramen burgers and garlic shrimp and supporting immigrants as franchisees. And I, and I think this is, you know, just a testament to the success. He says we target them because working any place, they make minimum wage. Here they can own a restaurant and making lots of money. But he said he understands that working with immigrants means there's a language barrier and cultural differences but there are seldom few people who work as hard. We found out if you have a mom and pop running a restaurant, your success rate is almost quadruple because you've got the whole family running it. Uh, and in return, that's where he came up and said uh, that he and his company work hard to support them. We're working for franchisees, so we always make sure to take uh, good care of them. And uh, I, I, I think that's just the cornerstone of, of this iconic brand. And um, I, I, I'm just happy to be um, to working with you, but I'm, I'm very happy today about you sharing some of this um, with us and an opportunity to get L&L uh, Hawaiian on the, uh, I guess, on the, uh, on the forefront of people's minds of looking at the, uh, the next great opportunity um, here on the mainland. Uh, before we run out of time, uh, Brian, do you have any anything else you would like to add? And also, uh, let people know uh, how they can best learn about this exciting, unique franchise opportunity. Yeah, well, the the best way, um, of course, would be to give you a call. <laughs> that would probably be the best <laughs> way. Um, but also, for for general information, um, I'll visit our www.hawaiianbarbecuespelledwithac.com. So that's again, yeah, absolutely. Hawaiianbarbecuewithac.com. Or just well, give me a, just give me a call. The, the, our our office number is 808 951 yep, absolutely. 988 area code is 808 Absolutely Great stuff Brian I appreciate uh, you being with us uh, as the sun is coming up on the beautiful uh, islands of Hawaii and um, I, I really appreciate the time and, uh, and please uh, express our um, sense of gratitude to, to uh, Mr. Flores and the rest of the staff at L&L Hawaiian uh, Barbecue. Thank you again. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Aloha. Aloha. Well, that's a, another segment of Franchise Today. Next week, of course, we'll be back with uh, Stan Friedman, who will kind of bring us up to date on everything that was happening in uh, the great state of Georgia 
and specifically at the Leadership and Development Conference. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreta, wishing you the best, the very best in this great, great thing we call franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise pros stand amazed. Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well pay attention to this podcast that you hear It's streaming in HD So fine tune above your ears And standing Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising.